Mohammed Nala. Good morning. Morning, Sakina. Morning to the listeners. Now, Mohammed, uh, Greek Prime Minister Alexis Tsipras uh, seemingly capitulated uh, to seal a deal yesterday. Uh, but will he actually get that through Parliament? I, I guess that's really the most important question. I mean, I, I was very surprised. Yesterday, this time, we were talking about the lack of a deal uh, and how I was surprised by the fact that the Germans had taken such a hard line. Uh, and then just a mere few hours after we had spoken, we actually saw Greek Prime Minister capitulate pretty much to all of the demands by his Eurozone creditors uh, and the news wire saying that a deal had actually been struck. So let's maybe unpack that. What does that really mean? Uh, first of all, in terms of a deal being struck, I mean, it's, it's not a done deal in that. Um, uh, Prime Minister Tsipras still has to take it back to his parliament. They still have to ratify it. Uh, and only in terms of, of them agreeing, and he's got 72 hours in terms of securing that agreement, uh, will then the other Eurozone finance ministers take it through to their respective parliament. So there's still quite a bit of process and procedure that needs to be followed. Uh, but what's quite surprising to me is that this particular deal is considerably more onerous than the one that actually uh, led to uh, Alexis Tsipras actually taking the, the, the Greeks to a referendum. And so on this basis, one of the key sticking points, I guess, is that the Eurozone creditors have demanded that a $50 billion fund be put together in terms of Greek assets, uh, Greek state assets, uh, it will be housed in Greece, and that was uh, being touted as a bit of a win by the Greek Prime Minister. It was initially touted to be held in Luxembourg, and those assets will be held for either for sale uh, or for generating an income in terms of servicing its debt. And the reason why it's surprising for me is that it, it is tantamount to ceding uh, over Greek sovereignty over some of those assets. So I'm quite concerned. I think it's, it's really a poor quality deal for the Greeks, or so certainly worse than the deal that they had taken uh, to a referendum previously. Uh, and I'm just very surprised. I guess it's gotten down to a wire. I don't expect that unless he reconstitutes his parliament, I don't expect the Greek parliament in its current form and construct to ratify the current terms of that deal. And so we're likely to see this noise persist uh, Mm. even further for maybe another week or so. Well, we'll wait and see. And, um, you know, staying with marathon negotiations, uh, the Iran nuclear deal, but uh, that one appears imminent at this stage. Yeah, it, it's certainly been the deal, uh, the week for deals, I guess. I mean, on the one hand, we've got this Greek quagmire. On the other, we've got these Iranian negotiations. And the initial deadline was actually Friday last week. And they've just gone through the fourth consecutive deadline. They just postponed it. So some agreement is actually said to be announced uh, sometime during the course of this morning. Now, that's obviously pressuring Brent crude prices. Uh, This deal would certainly be quite historic. I mean, we've got these decade-long tensions between Iran and the United States. uh, And and, uh, what I get the sense of here is that both sides are really quite keen on sealing some sort of deal, simply because, you know, we're at the tail end of an Obama administration. And I think he wants to leave some sort of foreign policy legacy that's not mired in the U.S. going to war with with a whole bunch of countries. Uh, That being said, the Iranians really do need to see these sanctions lifted in order to alleviate some of the damage that has been done to their economy. And the fact of the matter is that the Iranian economy is a massive player, not just in the region, but just in terms of an untapped market for U.S. and global companies. Uh, And the core thing here in terms of what to watch that would impact us is that if the Iranian sanctions are lifted, it does mean that roughly 800,000 barrels worth of oil could find its way onto international markets. Now, that wouldn't happen overnight. It will likely come through in, in various stages. 
But that's the reason why oil and energy markets are likely reacting quite negatively to that. But that's good news for us, I guess, as, as oil importers here in South Africa. Indeed. And uh, just a quick look at uh, uh, Janet Yellen and, you know, a focus to shift to that testimony later this week, Mohammed. Yes, I mean, in all of this noise with the Greeks and the Iranians, everyone's seemingly forgotten about the bigger, uh, the bigger structural story at play, and that's the U.S. Federal Reserve possibly hiking the interest rates uh, during the latter part of this year. Now, we've had commentary out of Yellen last week effectively saying that they still believe the Fed will hike rates during the course of this year, uh, but this is Yellen's congressional testimony that starts on Wednesday and runs all the way through into the end of the week. And so the market's going to be hanging on to every single word of hers because right now, yes, the concerns around Greece and other parts of the world have possibly increased the probability of a delay in terms of a Fed hike, uh, but if you ask me, I still think that there's sufficient scope for the U.S. Federal Reserve to look at a small and a tentative hike, uh, probably as early as the September meeting. Uh, and uh, in my, my base case, again, it's a non-consensus view, is that we could possibly see a 10 basis point increase by the U.S. Federal Reserve in September, and maybe that followed up with a further 10 basis point uh, at one of the two consecutive meetings that they have after that into the end of the year. So let's keep an eye out, because that's certainly the biggest story at play here, and I think the market it's going to be watching that testimony very closely.